This is John Verveke. This is Simon Esler. Hi, it's Heather Prozac. This is Tom Luongo. This is Alex Craner. This is Steve Kirsch. This is Dr. Pierre Corey, and you are listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, folks. Happy Friday. Hope everybody's weekend was, uh, was well, I don't know, tons of fun. Um, before we get to today's episode, let's get to today's sponsors, uh, Canadians for Truth. They got their next show coming up this Friday, July 21st in Calgary, Dallas, Alexandria. You may recall this past February, episode 393, we had him on the podcast. He is uh, the Canadian sniper. His team uh, has and holds the record for the longest uh, sniper kill. Uh, and of course, that's one part of his story. The other part is, uh, of course, the vaccination part where he is uh, essentially removed from his career uh, due to not wanting to be, you know, coerced to into, into taking the shot, right? Now he's uh, a country music star. Uh, you can find out all, all about Dallas Alexander if you search him out online. But if you're looking for tickets to this Friday, July 21st, Canadians for Truth. That's Jamie uh, Slay and Theo Fleury on stage with Dallas Alexander. Go to canadiansfortruth.ca. That should be an interesting, interesting night. Um, Clay Smiley and his team over at Prophet River. Of course, uh, when it comes to firearms, importing firearms from the United States of America, they pride themselves on making this process as easy for all their customers as humanly possible. They do all the appropriate paperwork on both sides of the border to legally get that firearm into Canada and into your hands. Uh, they service all of Canada. All you got to do is go to ProfitRiver.com. They are the major retailer of firearms, optics, and accessories, once again, serving all of Canada. Tyson and Tracy Mitchell, uh, M- Mitchell, Mitchell, with Mitchco Environmental. They're looking for equipment operators. Farming experience is a bonus. They're also looking for laborers, seasonal or full time. And uh, if you're interested in, um, if you're interested in some work, reach out via um, 780-214-4004 or go to MitchcoCorp.ca. Uh, Carly Kloss and the team over at Windsor Plywood, builders of the podcast studio table for everything wood. These are the guys. Uh, deck season is well, well upon us. But when you're looking for pieces of wood, whether we're talking decks, whether we're talking windows, when we're talking doors, sheds, mantles, podcast studio table man they got some character pieces in there and so uh you know um if you're looking to uh you know spruce the place up a little bit and it comes to wood stop into windsor plywood today because they are the team that'll get you hooked up now let's get on that tail of the tape brought to you by hancock petroleum for the past 80 years they've been an industry leader in bulk fuels lubricants methanol and chemicals delivering to your farm commercial or oil field locations for more information visit them at hancockpetroleum.ca He's originally from Hungary, now a Canadian citizen, business owner, family man, talking about George Capocci. So buckle up, here we go. It's George Capocci, and you are listening to the Sean Newman Podcast. Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Today I'm joined by George Capocci. So uh, first off, thanks for uh, having me into your house. You are welcome. Uh, glad to see you here. Now, for the the audience, they're not going to know. You know, you're one of the many who uh, text on a daily basis, almost. You know, every no. time. Close, not quite, but you get the point. Uh, what I'm trying to get at, George, is that you're you're a guy who has reached out a lot. We've had coffee together. We've sat and we've we've had many a conversation. Anyway, so I just kept reaching out and saying, "Hey, why don't you come on the podcast?" And you fought me on it for a long time. And finally, you relented, and I appreciate you uh, 
uh, let me in your house and, and, you know, and, and supporting everything I seem to do. And, and, uh, either way, I'm excited to just sit here and have a conversation with you this morning. Um, but for the audience, they're not going to know who George is. So, you know, you ask, well, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, George, let's talk about your story. Let's talk about growing up in Hungary and, and, and just let's talk about it. Cause you have an interesting perspective, uh, being an immigrant to Canada and, and everything in between. And I, I just, you know, let's hear about it. Well, uh, thank you, Sean. Uh, first of all, uh, I would like to what this is the first time i ever do something like this and uh, nev- never done it um, for the audience george george is like extremely nervous right and he <laughs> he's like uh, he he's worried that he wants it to be perfect and i keep trying to tell you there's no perfection in podcasting it just it, it doesn't exist so don't worry about the mic i just want to hear your story and i want to record it and if nothing else now your family has it right if you were dropped dead tomorrow now you have it <laughs> Okay, thank you. So, who am I? Um, basically, a curious outsider who made a mission of, of looking at the world through a bigger window because there is always more to any story. And I actually I asked Sean the question, I asked you the question. Why is it so interesting that you want to talk to me? Um, I I grew up in in the other end of the world, uh, in Central Europe. Uh, my family has a long history, which is not a straight line, to to say the least. And what do you mean by not a straight line? Uh, People usually uh, try to put labels on you or put you in sure. categories that, oh, you are Kennedy. He's Irish. Well, I'm. I was born in Hungary, but am I Hungarian? Yes, I am. But my family is is from all over the world, even in Central Europe. So, uh, my father was German. My mother. My mother's father is Jewish, and my mother's grandfather is Irish. So that makes me Hungarian, and I think that's <laughs> that's uh, conversations around the dinner table must have been awfully interesting. No, because unfortunately, my father passed uh, very early, and uh, how how early is early? Before I turned six. Okay. But but uh, the the mixed background uh, made it kind of crucial that that you don't just look at everything in a straight line. When your uh, dad passed away, was it like sudden or was it a disease or? He had a car accident uh, before they got married, and then uh, he was always uh, kind of not well um, and basically at uh, 1976 he told my mom in the hospital his goodbye and um, told her to raise me the best of her ability 
Is that a tough thing? To, uh, am I hitting on a nerve? I don't mean to, to pry. But... Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, my mother is uh, probably, not probably, my mother is the most important person in my life uh, until I had my kids. And everything I have, everything what I learned is because of her raising me. Well, if she ever listens to this, I think I can... Is she still alive? Oh, yeah. Okay. So assuming she listens to this, you know, uh, I, I think she can be awfully proud in the, in, in the man you've turned into, George, right? I mean, like, you're a, a guy who doesn't mince words, you know, at least when we sit and have our chats about a lot of different subjects. And, you know, I, I sit here uh, just having a lovely chat with your wife, and I'm like, man, like, these are, these are the people I run into now where we, we get down to brass tacks real fast. And we start talking about things that actually matter, and it's 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 really really interesting to me. Um, so hats off to your mom for uh, you know whatever she did to turn you into what you are. Uh, you know, like my hats off to her because uh, she's really uh, made a man who who stands up for what he believes in. You know, uh, that's what I see. Um, in saying that, let's talk about your mom then, uh, or or childhood in Hungary. You 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 decide because you have a lived experience that is completely different than everything I grew up in. Yeah, definitely, um, and and that that's what makes me an outsider. And I live in uh, Western Canada since 1995, and. After a while, I I, I realized that uh, for some reason, because of my accent, because uh, seeing the world a little bit differently than than the mainstream or least resistant uh, way, I I probably never gonna be accepted. And after a while, you just want to be accepted but you don't want to confirm for for any reason uh you mean conform correct conform yeah yeah uh well when i texted you where where we sit i said uh look for the purple house and that's kind of my way of of saying that uh I don't mind who I who I am who I am myself, and I don't have the urge to to uh, fit in for any cost. That's um, it's like a um, I don't know, a deep thought when you think about it. Spending your life as an outsider when you know, like everybody wants to be accepted. You know, like, you know, it'd be a tough way to go where you're in another country and you realize that no matter how good I get at my English uh, language, I'm going to have an accent. And because of the accent and because of some of the thoughts and the views I have on the world, I'm never going to be accepted by the mass of people. Is that what you're trying to lay out for me? Not, uh, I think I am accepted, but it's, it's, you are still an outsider. And uh, actually what, why I I was kind of giving in to Sean's pressure of, of <laughs> uh, uh, 
coming on the podcast because I would like to add value to the society for our big family. But uh, our our story goes uh, back. I, I phoned Sean, uh, I don't know, six months ago, four months ago, and uh, told him that uh, you really need to get some people on who, who were growing up in Eastern Europe or, or somewhere in the communist, uh, socialist world and and get them to tell their lived experiences because the the road we are speeding down is is a freaking disaster and and talk to your romanian belarusian or 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 uh Hungarian friend or neighbor that you know the weird guy who is outside <laughs> in his speedos uh, in his greenhouse or or whatever but you know who I'm talking about is 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 the the outsiders who kind of the odd people in your life and uh, may, maybe just ask them or or get your kids to ask some questions because where we are in the way I see it where we are going is nothing new we tried this uh, roadshow before and and it didn't pan out as advertised and one of my my biggest fault is uh, I love history I, I was in high school I was a history buff and I was always asking too many questions and it always got me in trouble. I mean, real trouble because I I always wanted to know more. I always wanted to know the why. I was curious and and when when people the the propaganda, the government agents just talking in in nicely bow uh, bow-tied statements it's like okay but why are you doing this or have this uh, been tried before or, or you know th- those inconvenient questions and it's better to shut those people off because then then you screw up the narrative well you, what you're talking well the thing that i think uh you know when you start talking to different people from eastern europe countries uh, your Eastern European countries that have uh, seen, you know, communism firsthand is it's like, okay, so how do you take their, what they're talking about and screaming at the top of their lungs, in my opinion, uh, in their, their like, in your, your own unique way, right? You're trying to make us all see, and yet none of us have ever lived it, so we don't know. And uh, so the urgency isn't there from us. Right? No, it's not. Uh, and I mean, and when I listen to you talk and, and some of the different conversations I've had, they all are trying to explain it. And yet you're like, oh yeah, but it isn't that bad. You know, it isn't, we aren't there yet. We aren't blah, 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 blah. And you kind of, and you kind of go on and on and on and on. And I don't know. I, I, I've, I've talked about this an awful lot with a lot of different um, people who have seen some real travesty in, or whatever word you want to associate it with 
over in Europe where they tried these things and they continue to, to try and push the same similar uh, agenda just under different wording and, and heading and, and everything else. But it talks about leading back to what you've seen. Why don't we talk about a little bit of your childhood or your youth or because you, you, you've lived under communist rule, correct? Well, uh, they always say that it wasn't communism. It, it was people's, uh, Hungary was called the, the People's Republic uh, of Hungary. And it was a socialist uh, country. But uh, we, the governments at the day, were thriving to get to communism. So when, when, when you start to split the hair, what is the difference between socialism and communism? One of the things they say that there is no money in communism and, and we had a currency. It, it didn't work. It's worth something, but it wasn't interchangeable. So uh, back in the late 80s, um, when the Hungarian money became somewhat changeable to, to Swiss franc, German mark or, or, or US dollar. But I mean, we had the, the most hideous things like you were allowed to travel and pay attention, people, because... Uh, they are pushing the same idea again that you are allowed to travel once they, the the higher ups gonna let you. So, I think in in Hungary, uh, every three years, you were allowed to leave to a Western country. But goofy thing is, Yugoslavia was also a socialist country, but it was a Western country, even though it was south from Hungary, but. It was a socialist country, but it was a different socialism there. But anyway, uh, we get $70 worth of money. So I understand that money changed, but can you imagine a family of four traveling, I don't know, from, from let's say, Hungary, Budapest to Spain on $70 for a month? Well, that was an art. And, and that's the other thing is... So why do you say 70? What do you mean by the $70? Because that's how much money you, you were allowed to change at the National Bank. They'd only allow you to switch over $70 at a time? Or what do you mean? In three years. So if you changed over $70 at the bank, they're like, you can't come in here and do this again? Yeah, they, 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 you, you can walk in with gold bars, but yeah. You are allowed to have only $70 and make the best of it. Uh, you get to Spain. I mean, it's 2,500 kilometers you, you, away. You have, to, you have to unpack this thought for me, George, for a second. I, 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 I want to follow along, but I'm missing something here. You're saying your family took a trip to Spain, yes? I'm being hypothetical. Hypothetical, okay. With the seventy dollars, your fam your your family earned more than seventy dollars. Why the set? What what is the? Because that's that's what a Hungary you, policy of yes. Like, that was at the time the policy in Hungary that you can have in every three years exchange only seventy U.S. dollars worth of money, and um, that's all you are allowed. So it's 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 control. 
I don't know why I'm dense this morning, folks. I'm thinking about this and I'm going, okay. So you go to the bank, hypothetically, back in uh, in Hungary, and you say, I would like to get 200 American dollars for what I have. I have enough to give uh, get 1,000. All I want is 200. No, sir, you're only allowed 70. If you have the 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 permit that you are allowed to leave the country to the west and with that permit with your passport what you paid for you get 70 dollars doesn't matter you you can have a wheelbarrow of cash of the local currency you can have a wheelbarrow of gold bars whatever you are allowed with your permit it's not just willy-nilly that you yeah. you walk into a bank but that's just one example. Um, so when you when you extrapolate that or pull it over to Canada right now, what you're seeing is the language change. We're going to allow you to travel. And as soon as you hear that, your feathers or your, your hairs raised and you go, it begins. That's how it begins because they're going to let you. They're, 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 oh, they're all so uh, kind you got it. To, to let you travel somewhere. And it's very... Um, it's so subtle that most people don't even notice it. No, most people don't even care. Oh, yeah, it was just a slip of a word. You're like, no, 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 no. They don't slip words like that. That That's that's strategic, and we allow this. And over time, that turns into more and more control. And with more and more control, you're going to get to a place where it's like you can only leave Canada once every three years because we're saving the planet for climate change, let's say. I think so, yes. You are kind of getting the, the root of it. Yes. So... You can tell that my English is not my first language and uh, um, I don't have the vocabulary or the wordsmithing that uh, some... some. You're doing work. great, George. The, to, to me, I could just be dense this morning and I just want to make sure that I'm catching what you're, you're trying to lay out so that I don't miss it or the audience doesn't miss it because I, I want to make sure that, we're, that I'm you know, like following along with your story. Yeah, so where I was going with the wordsmith thing is, is uh, when the 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 so-called leaders, I I don't think they are leaders, and they are just executors of some somebody else's thought. But anyway, the the our supposed leaders come up with goofy words, which if you start to dissect and and analyze you understand that okay this word didn't exist yesterday or two years ago if and if i could ask my great-grandfather he wouldn't have a idea what what some of those words are and what what words are you talking about i mean that is many uh, misinformation disinformation you know we, we we are right now don't know what a woman or a man is <laughs> and and you know i'm not trying to be political i'm i'm i i just try to um warn everybody that uh, who is open to it that go back to the basics and doesn't matter if you are a hockey player or um, you are uh, a tile setter or home builder or whatever just just go back to the basics when something starts to go wrong is is 
take a deep breath and and then okay what am i doing why i'm doing it and and what can i do to to make it make sense because anybody who's lying themselves that that what we are seeing and experiencing is normal just please try to explain to your great grandfather who probably passed away already and if you can't then the bloody things not making any sense so stop doing it what do people say to that pardon <laughs> what do people say to that when you tell them that <sighs> You know, I'm the guy in the speedo. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just for the li- just for the- just for the listener, move your move your arm for a sec, George. He's wearing a shirt today that says, "I never dreamed I'd be a super cool hockey dad, but here I am, killing it." And uh, this I, is Father's he's Day. Not, but... He's not in a speedo for everyone listening, but uh, <laughs> I do enjoy his shirt choice for the day. Um, I was talking to you on the way here. Uh, you know, one of the things I read about um, communism is that they try and attack, uh, you know, the foundation of of what makes uh, a community strong. And people can argue all they like with me on this, but one of them is, is the family unit. And the next one is a core beliefs foundation, you know, for... Religion. Like, for Western for Western society that it's been Christianity. And right now I look at it and I go, well, certainly you don't need to be a rocket scientist to realize like Christianity is under attack, like nobody's business. Well, whether you are a Christian or not, that isn't, that isn't uh, what, I, what I'm interested in talking about. What I'm interested in is just like, you can see it being played out. And, and, and the next one is, is the family. And I don't know. Maybe maybe you have experiences from back home. Maybe you don't. I I don't know. You know. I didn't realize, you know, with your mom, you know, being the the, you know, most important person that constructed your life, which makes complete sense, by the way. But regardless, I I I go. When you were in that time, did you notice anything? Was that being played out in Hungary, or was that not a thing there? Like, as a Canadian, do I sound like I'm I'm losing my mind when I go, there's a total war on the family and try and break us up and have everybody in divorces and kids, you know, and blah, 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 blah. Well, unfortunately, um, you can't jam 50 years or 100 years in, in, in a little short podcast or even a long one. Sure. Um, and that's that's why I urge everybody to try to learn history because um, apparently Napoleon said that uh, history is is just a bunch of lies what we agreed on, but other people said that history is written by the winners. Um, so learn history, but but learn history with with a little bit more open eye. And while you can, try to talk to those people who actually lived it. Because what you see in the boob tube or <laughs> what you see in, in the propaganda uh, machine is, is not history. It's not a true story. It's you need to either experience it yourself on your skin 
or you need to try to find the people who who lived it i mean probably nobody paid attention uh, i i listen most of sean's podcasts and um when you were talking to the uh, gentleman who uh, lived in Holland and he was coming home from the end of the war in a rail car. Gerald. Gerald. Yes, but regardless, Underground Railroad in Holland during uh, World War Two. Yes, but end of the war, he's coming home. And probably nobody paid attention to this one sentence. He said, the Germans were good. When did you hear that last time? I mean, in the last 70, 80 years, Germans, Germany, and and, and anybody who, who was involved in a Second World War on the central powers is is dehumanized and 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 evil oh by the way uh can i can i make a really uh, goofy segue um please explain to me and you can text it to sean why is that that if if anybody on the on the political stage doing something what what the left does not like is labeled as oh you are a nazi okay well that's not nice and the nazis did many horrendous things and you know there is accounts of 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 six million jews and we learned the six million jews perished in the second world war i don't know how many times we heard that that is 13 million dead because of of hitler and and the, the the Nazi powers and some some estimates is is even higher than that. I mean, a lot of people perished in the Second World War. But if somebody is a communist, and we just had the provincial election in Alberta, and there is number of of communist sympathizers in the not democrat uh, new democratic party um it wasn't a slip <laughs> who are communist sympathizers but if you open up the 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 history books you can see estimates over 100 million 200 million people who perished because of communists so if i label you a nazi that's really bad if I label you as a communist, is a shrug of the shoulder. When I went to school, and I understand I went to school in a different country, in a different language, but 100 was always more than 13. So please explain why the 13 million or whatever the number is, is worse than the 100 or the 200 million who perished because of the communists. If you can answer that question to yourself, hats off to you. Well, uh, I mean, to begin with, uh, you, you hit the nail on the head right at the start, right? Like, we all have 
in every single community across uh, Saskatchewan, Alberta, certainly probably all of Canada, we have monuments raised to all the family members who went and died in World War II, right? Like, I mean, it's, 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 so it hits home, like immediately. It's like yeah. everybody had a family member who went and fought and fought the Nazis and, and, and fought, right? Now, do you know the entire story? No, no. But so how does that hit home? It hits home immediately because we were part of the allies who fought Hitler. And every community has people that perish because of that. And so uh, right away that for Canadians has uh, like very strong emotions tied to it. And uh, when it comes to communism, oh, and, and I should and I should point out. So then you take the last 80 years since all that went down and you go, what has Hollywood built itself on? People enjoy the story being retold where we beat the Nazis over and over and over and over and over again. So it's in all pop culture. It's in history textbooks. It's in, it's in, you know, like I took a world war two class in college. It was phenomenal. Like it was, it was really well um, taught. I thought, you know, like overall and uh, it's not that communism gets a pass. It's that we haven't um, communism kind of gets a pass. Like, I mean, it, to me, because not many of us have experienced that. And I'm going to say that, and I'm going to get a, a bunch of texts now, because I have a bunch of people whose parents fled Russia, fled different communist regime, regimes, and tell them the stories, and came to Canada. But it, the story doesn't get told that way. For some reason, communism is, um, is like this... Uh, it's it? a novelty. And no, nobody really been there, right? Well, I, I was going to say it's almost this progressive idea, George, that like we're all equal, and uh, we're going to, and, and the way it's framed, you know, with Karl Marx and his ideas of like the way it's almost like this is like a grand utopian idea that if it worked out right, would everybody would everybody would be equal and be great. We're all kumbaya, whatever. But then when you see communism, how it played out and continues to play out, it's, you know, it's kind of like... Um, now, I'm going to offend pretty much everybody right now. Sure. Um, Nazi. What does Nazi stands for? Uh, it's a political party, isn't it? Yes, but what, it's an acronym. What is, what is it the short form for? I know. I actually don't know. National Socialist Party. Correct. I should have known that. My history. I'm, I'm. So, national meaning it it was centered around Germany, but it's a socialist movement. When. Um, when supposedly the Second World War started, September 1st, 1939, what happened? Germany crosses the Polish border, and on September 17, they meet up with Russia. Because Russia, the communist Russia, or no, sorry, actually that's 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 another misleading thing uh, about we are 
equate Russia and the Soviet Union. So German army meets up with the Soviet army in middle of Poland. So the two socialists, one is national, one is a communist country, invades pretty much at the very same time Poland. They had the, the pactum um, that they won't go against war each other and they are destroying a country of about, I don't know, 40 million people in, in, a, in about two, three weeks. When I press that supposed start of the Second World War is because when the treaties of closing the First World War, one French uh, general, uh, his name is skipping my mind, but he said that this is not a peace treaty. Uh, this is not a peace treaty. It is ceasefire for 20 years. He said that in 1919. So the treatment of, of Germany, Hungary, so the, the Axis powers were such that, that it was pretty much inevitable that something will happen. And the something was built in. Just like, just like if if you are a student of history, if if you look at the map of of I don't know the Middle East and see those borders between countries, which is a straight line in the area where where apparently our culture is coming from, that was the cradle Mesopotamia, that was the cradle of of humanity. Humanity. Do you think that people lived in tribes along straight lines? Well, you are fooling yourself. So we are acting as, oh, I have no idea what's going on there, but those bad peoples are, are not getting along. Well, we kind of created that. No, we did create that. We saying the best. So that's why I'm, 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 I always got in trouble. And I mean, history repeats itself or rhymes. I got in trouble when, when I was 16 because I was asking uncomfortable questions. I, I had the fortune of talking to people who didn't watch the, the Hollywood movies but who experienced the Second World War um, and, and lived it even after the Second World War. I mean, the, the World War ended in Europe um, May 8, May 7, May 9. I mean, isn't it interesting that uh, Russia or Soviet Union celebrated the end of the World War on May 9? Uh, the Western countries um, mark it as May 8, but Stalin was insisting that uh, the, the Germans have to surrender again in Berlin, in front of the, the Soviets, and the, the 
Soviet uh, general who signed the treaty in the Western occupation area was actually executed after or disappeared in, in Soviet Russia when he signed uh, front of the American occupied territory uh, and he was pulled back to Moscow and never heard of him since. So, yeah, I, I, I had a chance to talk to people. What did, what did, what did it, you know, it, it's interesting. Like, I, I don't know why I didn't uh, piece that this partially together about World War II and, and some of the minds you would have been able to talk to about that would have been very fascinating because of the side they were put into or how it was framed, I guess, from a Western uh, viewpoint. So what did they say to you? Like when you're talking to all the, you know, you said you, you like to ask uncomfortable questions. And I mean, certainly, I assume that's why uh, some of what I do you enjoy because it's certainly talking about conversations that go strictly against everything that's being pushed uh, on society these days. But rewind the clock and go back to some of those conversations. What did they say to you? Like what, what stuck out to some of the men who'd fought in World War II from Hungary? Well, Hungary was... Uh ally of Germany in the Second World War. Uh, and Hungary got into the war against the Soviet Union uh, really uh, in, a, in a unclear circumstance. So there is, there is a city uh, northeast of, of the historical Hungary and I'm trying to put this in in, in careful way because um, Kosha or Košice is right now in uh, Slovakia. It was part of historical Hungary, but uh, after the Ver Treaty of Versailles, it was uh, one of the area which which became uh, the new newly created Czechoslovakia. And in the second uh, Vienna Treaty, it was given back to Hungary because most of the population is, is I mean, most at the time, 1938, it was over 90% populated by Hungarians. So anyway, uh, Kasha was bombed, but we still don't know who bombed it. So just another historical yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, question where, where I don't think anybody can say that, oh, it was the Russians, was it, was it the Germans, was it, was it Hungary who bombed its own city just to create... Just to gaslight the people into going to war. Yeah. Uh, so Hungary lost over two-thirds of its territory uh, after the Versailles Treaty. And Hungary is, uh, or was, one of the oldest countries in Europe. Continuous um, uh, statehood for about a thousand years. Germany wasn't that, France wasn't that. It was uh, the second largest country in Europe. 
and the country who fought uh, and protected Europe from the Ottoman Empire uh, for hundreds of years. And uh, then, as a payback, Hungary lost most of its territory, lost its sea access, and, and, and. Um, so Hungary was fighting on the wrong side. And when the Russians or the Soviets came in, they occupied the, the country after 1945. Um, again, the deal was made in Yalta in 1943 without the Hungarians having a say of what's going to happen after the World War is over. So anyway... Um, when 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 you know history, well, two things happens. Uh, more you know about history, less you trust the government. It's 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 you can pretty much uh, draw a triangle, as the vertical is the trust in government, and the horizontal axis is is knowing history. As you know more about history, your trust in government goes way down. So that's one thing. The second is always gets you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so what did I come all the way back to it? You, you mentioned you talked to uh, veterans, I think, that fought in World War II from Hungary. And what did they tell you? I wouldn't say I talked to veterans. I, I talked to people who plug your ear if you are uncomfortable. Uh, I talked to a Jewish shop owner who lived in in eastern part of Hungary, and I asked them, "So, what happened? And um, how did you, as a Jewish shop owner, experience the Second World War?" And um, so they had a little kind of corner store kind of thing, and he said. Well, it wasn't easy, but I can tell you one thing. When the German guy came in, the German officer came in with his uh, mistress or or paid mistress or, or whatever word you want to use, and he bought the nylons for her and paid and left. When the Russians came in, with the same escort or whatever you want to prostitute escort yes. sure he got the nylons and then shut up the shot the uh, shop so that's one thing which you will not hear in history books that an officer from one party acted like a gentleman the other acted like an animal you uh i think it was i think it's alex craner i want to say who who's made this uh, distinction on the podcast before but i see you doing it again uh and i'm gonna point it out uh, y- you correct yourself lots when you say russia no, no no soviets what do you mean by soviets and russia oh my gosh <laughs> Okay, I, I think this is the one which is going to get uh, Sean cancelled, even on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> um, 
just like as as uh, Hollywood was uh, educating us that the Germans bad on categorically, and uh, the Allied forces are good on categorically. Um, we are also, I mean, you watch a Rambo movie, you watch uh, Rocky. Who is the bad guy always? Well, usually, I mean, Ivan Drago is the big one you're talking about. And what is that, Rocky Four, And he's the big Russian. And he takes all the steroids and he, or he's, Soviet. No, exactly. Sorry, not so, the Russian. He's the Soviet. You're right. So uh, the Soviet Union um, uh, is in our mind, is always Russia. Well, I, I, I think, and Craner pointed this out, if you go back, folks, and listen to one of the, I can't remember, I think it's the first time I had him on. What you equate is Soviet Soviets are Russians, and Russians are Soviets. But there's a distinction there. Correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Soviet Union was uh, a union of independent and i'm using air quotes republics who who joined the biggest republic russia and and they mutually accepted that the capital of russia is the capital of the soviet union but i mean um goofy thing is do you know who was the first russian ethnic leader of the Soviet Union. I feel like you're going to shock me here, but uh, I, I... do you uh, can you name some Soviet leaders? Well, I mean Stalin is the 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 big one, right? Well, it was the first one was Lenin. Lenin's the one who led the revolution. What we call the revolution, yes. Who was a who was planted but anyway uh, like we can we can go really really deep and sure. long but uh, the day is not that long so okay lenin stalin i, I don't okay. I, I don't know I, he's looking at me going like i'm going i don't know what george he is doing. majored in history great so uh <laughs> No, he's making fun of me. That's great. That's that's, that's well. Great. That's why we are doing it in my house, so he can't start me out of <laughs> his studio. Um, so, but, but what are you trying to point out? Are you trying to point out that we don't know a lot about the Soviets? Because we I'm, don't know. We know only headlines. We know only labels. So many people say that that even Lenin wasn't Russian. Uh, definitely most people know that uh, Stalin was uh, not Russian. He was from Russia, right? And then the next guy who... Okay, another historical tidbit. Um, the next guy was Rushchev. You know, the guy who who, who planted the missiles in cuba and the u.s somehow didn't really like to have in their backyard um the ability to have a missile fired at them and hit u.s soil within whatever it was back then yeah 
history repeats itself um never mind so yeah we, we we shouldn't talk about that you know you shouldn't talk about the fact that you know anyways it's 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 funny it's a funny little thing that you know like americans certainly understand when it's that close to their home but they can't figure it out when it's the other side of the world and putting uh you know uh military capabilities on the doorstep of russia uh, i think more and more people understand that but it's it's just can you tell to the your crime minister who probably even 18 months ago couldn't even point out where ukraine is yeah but you've already said it is it justin trudeau who who is his literally pulling these strings or is he being just you know, somebody behind him is moving the 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 dice for him, and or not the dice, the 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 pegs or the pieces, and and is is doing this. Like, I don't think at this point Justin Trudeau, you know, is. I I was listening to I was listening to a and I forget his name. Um, he's interviewed a ton of ton of people. He, uh, he's interviewed like Jocko Wilnick and Jordan Peterson, and the list goes on. And he said something, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I, I actually just disagree with you. And he was talking about YouTube and how um, he'd interviewed uh, Andrew Tate, but he told Andrew Tate he wasn't going to release it because he, if he did, he would for surely get taken off YouTube. And and he was saying this on a, uh, an Instagram Live. And what he said was, you know, all of us have sold a bit of our soul to be on YouTube. And I went, oh, I've been removed from YouTube, and I don't sell my soul for nothing because I think that as soon as you start doing that, that's a, that's a dangerous dangerous game you either speak the truth or you don't and well, and, and the truth can lead you to interesting places and you i see i'm making you squirm a little bit but i come back to justin trudeau and i go the ukraine thing or whatever the climate change or whatever you want to put on there lgb uh, tq sl plus do you actually think justin trudeau believes that and i go no i think he is being uh, bought and paid for and this is what they tell him to push, and that is what he is pushing. And if 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 I'm wrong on there, I, yeah, you know, by all means, George. Uh, you know what? Uh, I we we can go from here uh, seventy five different direction. Uh, just Justin Trudeau believes what he says. He might. I mean, the guy is probably not the brightest mind but uh if you live in your echo chamber and and everybody is just praising you the people i'm talking mm-hmm. who yep, who that you, he's surrounded with who, who who you hear i mean is sean getting lots of praises from the tinfoil head group yes because sean was one of those people who who was at one point bri- brave enough and bright enough to to come out and say certain things what what many couldn't hear anywhere else but he is just like me you know what i mean covid was an interesting thing because uh, i didn't understand what people are doing because in my little uh, tribe, it was like, yeah, okay, well, people are nuts. Pe- people are really nuts. And I'm not buying it. And we came to that very, very early. So 
does Justin Trudeau believes what he says? He might, then he's dumb. If he doesn't and he's still doing it, then he's evil. He, he has bad intention. Yes. <laughs> so where were we? We, we were well, talking about well, this, well, something we've been, else. We, we, we've, we've bounced around. I was trying to get you to to explain to me Russia, you, uh, Russia, Soviet. Uh, and then, you know, you went on a little bit of like, well, who were the leaders and who did it and, and everything else. And I was just trying to, I'd noticed that you, you, you separate them and you correct yourself over and over again when you say Russia. And then you so, meant the Soviets. Yes. So th th there was uh, the leaders of the Soviet Union, which started with Lenin and then uh, Stalin, then Khrushchev, who is Ukrainian. And Andropov, who is Ukrainian, then uh, Cher no, Chernyenko, who is Ukrainian, and the first leader. But I could be all that. I mean, uh, I'm not reading uh, the encyclopedia right now, but um, <laughs> I believe, if my information is correct, the first leader of the Soviet Union who was purely ethnically Russian was Gorbachev. And that was the end of the story. So the, the Gorbachev pretty much babysitted uh, through Glasnost and Perestroika. Um, so the two system, uh, Glasnost uh, and perestroika probably you heard if if you were long uh, old enough that was when when they started to open up both the economy and and uh, political and his, um, cultural things and and that's what kind of allowed the berlin wall to fall that's what what is the end of the soviet union so you're pointing out what you're saying, and maybe I'm getting this wrong, is that once they had a true Russian leader of the Soviet Union... I think it's it was, just coincidence, but uh, but you learned through Hollywood movies and, and, and that Russians are bad. And you hated the Soviets. And don't get me wrong, I mean, uh, if you lived in uh, under the... the, the Soviet or communist boots, you were not a fan of them. So they, the, 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 the system what was created there is truly evil. I mean, just back to the 100 to 200 million, million people de dead. dead. Yeah. So is it, is it good? Hell no. I mean, uncategorically, that, that, but that's including China and uh, you know the leap forward, and, and that's that's where that's where people really need to think of the ideology of 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 planned economy. Like you can have a great plan for just transition or whatever this idiot is pushing right now um but please 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 open up history book and and look at other great plans i mean you know the leap forward thing from china right where oh we're gonna feed the world better 
and and lifting up people and we are protecting our crops with killing this and this birds and and insects and whatnot well unintended consequences and million people die of starvation and whoever lived in the planned economy uh, we had five-year plans in in all eastern bloc countries and it was a running joke i mean nothing worked i mean if you wanna laugh at the 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 eastern europeans or or the russians or soviets expense just go on youtube and and uh, find reagan's making jokes about the soviet union okay that was the planned economy so why do you think if you live in in alberta doesn't matter if it's a small town of alberta or 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 uh, redmonton or whatever why do you think that the guy in ottawa and i'm not talking about the crime minister i'm talking about some paper pushing highly educated guy in in some back office who who never seen a tractor who never seen a shovel in his life planning that how this uh, new economy gonna work on paper you can line up anything i mean uh, right now i i try to make my living as a small uh, entrepreneur and we are doing tiling and years ago we had 13 by 13 and 12 by 12 tiles uh what we were installing in houses and um now the tiles are bigger uh, anyway uh i i get this draft of in the kitchen is 13 by 13 tile and in the laundry room is 12 by 12 and uh, the lady who made the drawing lined up the two the grout lines were running nice and smoothly i'm like 13 by 13 and 12 by 12 cannot meet one grout line i probably can match in the doorway but if your door is three feet wide there will be two bloody grout line will will not match no matter what i do so that's that's exactly what we're doing on paper everything works on paper um probably you didn't read it uh, the, the european union just came out um they and you know we are just about five years or eight years or ten years behind of the craziness of europe sometimes so i'm sure many of your listeners heard about the protest in the netherlands and probably you heard a lot less about the protest in in poland and, and hungary against the the ukrainian grain but anyway um so they just came out with a study that the 50 percent reduction and this is gonna sound familiar for canadians too the 50 percent reduction of of fertilizers have no significant effect on production of food on paper and when somebody asks okay but can you prove it there is no proof on paper it should work 
but we have no proof and and that's what drives me nuts is is is, is it um, any of our politicians that we should go this direction that direction okay great i mean sounds like a plan uh, because crazy people and their crazy ideas that's why we have landed on the moon that's why we have wd-40 by the way do you know why it's called wd-40 there is lots of things in the name water that's the w d is dispense and 40 is it was the 40th try when it actually did work so why don't we say that okay if you have an idea let's try it you try it in a little scale and and let's see if you think that 50 percent reduction of of because georgians you know the world's coming to an end in three years and if we don't do this we're all gonna die that's that is the that is what they're operating on. They're operating on we're killing the planet, and if we don't expedite this thing, we're all dead anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, when my mother went to school, there was two billion people on the planet, and she was told that this is pretty much the end of it. When I went to school, there was hmm, four five billion people on the planet. And that's pretty much the end of it. We can't have more. Now we have over 8 billion people on the planet. And apparently this is really, really the end of it. We can't have more. News for you guys. In our lifetime, or definitely in our kids' lifetime, the planet in many, many, many countries gonna have way less people that's why i said you 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 need to look at the world and uh, through a much bigger window if you just worried about what joyty gondak is doing in calgary that's entertainment i mean that's 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 uh, you know what was the best one of the best decision we made in the last number of years cut the cable cord like we have no cable for i don't know number of years and maybe i sound to you like a caveman i think i learned more about the world since i'm not watching a 40 minutes show in an hour and a half because of advertisements but anyway um so what do you think you know we've kind of we've kind of done this little song and dance here all morning when you come to canadians you know come full circle with me george you know you you got all these different you know i've had all these different eastern european folks come on and talk about you know tons of different things what is it that you're trying to convey to Canadians to try and get them, whether it's to wake up, whatever terminology you want to use, but what are you trying to convey to Canadians? Are you, I don't know. I guess, is it that, you know, we're precariously close to dangerous times? Is it? We are there. We are there. And I think um, you as a hockey player, when, when you lost the third game in a row, what is your coach telling you? What are you telling your teammates? 
guys, we need to get back to basics. So we are that close that that losing the next game will be the end of the season, will be the end of you and me and your family. So so when you look at Daniel, yeah. Daniel Smith winning and the conservatives, are you like... That bought us time, or this is this is you know we're up two one and after the first period, but we got two periods to play, you know sticking with your hockey analogy. Um, when when you look at the election, you went and door knocked. Uh, are you like this was a big win, or you're are you more cynical than that? I'm not cynical. I think I'm I'm realist. Door knocking was a hell of an interesting experience. <laughs> um, and that that could be another podcast. I'm trying to get myself invited again. (laughs) So I think her winning or not her, the United Conservative Party winning is gives us a little bit of time, but it's it's not Daniel Smith, it's not Pierre Polyev, it's not a politician who's going to save your back half. It's going to be Sean and Joe and Jim and Jill and Eva is you and me. Uh, we need to get back to basics. We need to have a family. We need to have a lot of kids we need to my son son just graduated and um, I'm listening and this guy is going to that university that girl is going to that university and what I can tell you by experience is is university is great and, and, and if that's your inclination then then go for it and if you are made for it, then then you need to study. But in the socialist nightmare, the people who who saved us all was was the car mechanic who can fix cars without too many parts. It was the electrician who can, and you know what. Um, when when nobody is learning those trades, we are my business. Tile seller as a course, to best of my knowledge, was offered at SATE back in two thousand two. And I could be that, but that's my last information. So if you have a tile seller, he's either very old, German, Italian, or a somewhat recent immigrant and in in the city of Calgary it's it's probably 50% of the tile sellers are Romanian another 15-20% are Hungarian or, or, or Polish and there is some Turkish guys and now more and more Chinese but born and raised Canadians I can I'm doing this for almost 20 years I can think of a handful like nobody learned that trade nobody is doing it and if you go to a construction site and i know you you about to talk to uh, shade mansell uh, 
seriously go out to a construction site you will find that the hardwood slash vinyl plank guys are all oriental uh, stucco guys in this city you find uh, transylvanians and and east indians and that's pretty much end of the story and if you are one of those born and raised Canadian stucco guy, I'm not trying to offend you, but I, you are rare, very rare. So I I had um, workers here who whose uh, wives went to Tim Hortons, and first it was I don't know if we should hire them because they don't speak perfect English. But then when the girls left and went back to the old country, the manager was like, can you find me some somebody like that who, who shows up every day when it's scheduled, shows up on time, there is no silly excuses. So who is doing those jobs? Because if we are keep importing people, we need more housing. If we need more housing, we need to import more people to build it. it it's a vicious circle you can you can look down and and on, uh, on the immigrants if you wish great but they're helping run our country and you know what some of those immigrants some of those cab drivers some of the those um, cleaners might be more educated than your son ever going to be I mean, I, I know people who were uh, surgeons in, in Romania and they are doing lab technician work here. Yeah. Apparently, we need more doctors, but, but uh, it's not recognized. Oh, it's, it's a, it's a different, different education system. Okay, well... Um, the Hungarian team uh, of cardiac surgeon just won a competition in, in, in Europe among the European nations. Uh, and they can work anywhere in Europe. They couldn't come we have here. S- we, have, we have some silly rules in place where, you know, we're, we're short on skilled labor is what you're talking about. Oh, yeah. And we have a whole bunch of hoops you got to jump through. Uh, and I've heard, I've had um, Americans before say, oh, it's awesome because if you're a Canadian, you know, like Americans don't have some of the similar hoops where, you know, if you get, um, if you're skilled labor, you can just walk into that market and, and be hired essentially. And I, I could be getting a bit of that wrong, but the, this is what I was discussing with an American friend. He said, we're in Canada. All the skilled labor jobs go to true Canadians first. And then you, if you're, you're, you're an immigrant or you're American even, you get pushed to the back of the line and you're like, oh, that's interesting, right? And he's like, oh, I, I like it because, you know, it's your home country taking your homegrown talent. Uh, but what you're talking about is, yeah, but we're short on everything. And and instead of just hiring doctors from uh, Rome, uh, Hungary, we're saying they don't have the right education. And, and I'm sure there's a little more to the discussion than that. But it is interesting because right now, you know, in healthcare in particular, you know, and yeah, we got to the point in COVID where we're, you're unvaccinated, 
out the door. We don't want you. And meanwhile, we're, we're suffocating or drowning and we don't have enough people in that workforce. <laughs> we're going to make a medical decision choice saying you didn't do this. So you're gone. You know, uh, the government has done a lot of strange things. I don't, I don't think you're going to get any argument from me or the audience on that. And when it comes to immigration, um, you, you make me want to go to a, a work site, George, and actually just take a peek around. It's like, actually, I haven't really, you know, paid attention. Uh, and that that's an interesting... It, it's it's very tribal. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know what Lloydminster looks like, but I'm going on job sites or work sites uh, the last almost two decades. Um, at one point, all the siding guys were Quebecois. And you, the, the, the siding guys, you hear French. Um, you go to a house where, where the hardwood floor is being laid. It's 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 very likely Asians, uh, painters Hungarians, uh, tile setters Romanians, and and you know every, and there is overlap. But you go to a job site in Calgary, you can hear all different languages. Languages working. Yeah. So when you look at, uh, when, you know, when I bring this back to what we're what initially got us set on this, you go, where you're heading to in Canada is a lack of skilled labor. And if you have a lack of skilled labor, things aren't going to work right because there's nobody there to fix it and keep it running and maintain it and et cetera and build the houses or build this or build the cars or because everybody's moving away from what makes a society operate, which is the, you know, uh, uh, how many people did the plumber save, you know, uh, being able to, uh, or, or, or how many people did electricians by bringing light and heat and all the, all the, all the skilled labor that. Electrician is a protected trade. Like uh, you can't be an electrician unless you have Canadian schools, just like you can't be a car mechanic. I mean, uh, this is how great, plant system works my example in 1995 i came to this country and uh, i came the proper route in 95 i paid 1500 dollars to apply no no promises made no nothing uh 1500 growing up in eastern europe was a shitload of money in 1995 $1, $1, was a lot of money even here so I applied to become a landed immigrant. I get maximum points because of my trades. Uh, I was a car mechanic by trade, a body worker. I also studied vehicles in, in the army. And I was trained in Germany by Bosch, you know, fuel injections, traction control, da, da, da. So I get maximum points for my trade. I get here, oh, you can't work in this. I'm like, okay, do I have to take a test? No, you have to go back to trade school for four years. I'm like, okay, my English is not good enough. I can get that and maybe I can learn the, the trade specific English. No, 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 you can't work unless you go back to school for four years. At that point, I was around six years studying nothing but vehicles. I finished 
in the old country and please don't tell me go back to your old country i i'm not interested um i spent most of my adult life in this country so i'm as western canadian as albertan as probably you are so anyway uh, do you know who my audience is i don't think any of them are telling you to go back anywhere george oh come on we have teachers in this province who sure but they don't listen to the sean newman podcast <laughs> okay anyway uh but uh yes anybody who is not falling line and uh it doesn't matter where you are in the world is if you don't follow the narrative or you are uncomfortably yeah. talking out that go back to your old country uh whatever uh where was i well uh, you're just explaining how you're basically uh uh a skilled you know, you'd spent your life around vehicles, cars, automotive manufacturing, and you got here and were no, told... No, repairing. Repairing. Uh, and got here and were told that, listen, you're not... you. No, it doesn't matter what you have. You need this. Yes. And if you don't get and, this paperwork and, that you can't... You can never work in this industry. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I finished uh, in the top three in my uh, education, uh, outstanding student of profession. Uh, I worked in a shop with actual vehicles, not on paper. Uh, but apparently I wasn't good enough or to take a test, even though probably I could have teach some of the things. But anyway, so... That must have been very frustrating, I assume. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, if, if you are immigrating to a new country, or, or even if you just change city, you need to find your ways and the last thing you have is is <clears throat> time to re- relearn things which which you already know i mean you you as an immigrant you have to make a living to survive so back to is is any politicians going to save us no it's going to be you me and and your neighbor take care of yourself i mean did healthcare work no did people get really sick who took care of themselves no if if you listen to your grandmother's advice that you know have sunshine have vitamin d have have balanced diet have check certain things then if you took care of yourself, then you can take care of your family. If you can take care of your family, then then you can you can help somebody else too. We need to build this this tribe back up again, and don't wait for politicians. They are just going with the wind, going with the overturn window. If if uh, one of the other podcasts you were talking about the pendulum swinging back or, or whatever, the pendulum ain't going to swing back unless somebody is pushing or pulling. So, you know what? Get out there. Get get busy. Get Get, get involved because the crazies are are pushing in one direction and one direction only but they are pushing and pushing for decades and you awake or or waking up hoping for the best 
ain't gonna do anything unless you get out of your chair and actually go to go to a meeting where where the local board of the party of your choice uh, is selected and then you can start to influence policy but if you are talking to your friends you, you know i have bad ideas okay i hash it out with somebody and oh that's not right i i, I can correct but if 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 you are just waiting for the new ten commandment coming down on the mountain it's ain't gonna come or if it's coming it's too late so you need to get involved and you know there was so many things i wanted to talk about um <laughs> you know about uh, country and and uh, and alberta and alberta's place in the world it all does not matter if if you're if you sit on the sidelines and wait for somebody else to go do it yeah no no it's you know what are you in canada are you a canadian okay great uh i'm i'm even though i talk with an accent even though i was born in another country i'm albertan and to me my local area is much more important than than the Ottawa Montreal corridor or 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 Newfoundland and all that. Uh, I mean, you know what? Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. Take care of your own neighborhood. And and I think Alberta is big enough that you don't need. Jordan Peterson says, "Don't change the world. Clean up your room." And you know your if your room is Lloydminster or 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 whatever that's that's just think globally i mean know what's going on in the world but act locally and that that's actually the total inverse of what the day are doing they they act like they want to change the world but they want to get into your life get in your house in your bedroom in your head well invert that well i really appreciate you uh having me over and sitting down and doing this george i hope you've enjoyed it you know you you, you took took some convincing folks but he's, he's slowly started to smile you know instead of being terrified of it uh, I think you're ending on a very uh, sound point. You know, Jordan Peterson talks an awful lot about it. That's the one that uh, I agree with you, right? Like, don't go try and save the world. How about you start with just clean up your bedroom? Maybe if you can do that, maybe then you could, you know, you can move on to a little bit bigger. Maybe, maybe you know, and he's using the bedroom and then he's talking about the house. And, you know, maybe if you get your life in order, maybe then you can, you know, start to uh, enact some things in your community that are good for other people. And maybe if you get that in order, maybe then you can go to bigger and bigger things, but you don't just jump to trying to attack the, the, the world's problems when, you know, you're letting problems enact themselves out in your own room or your own house, your own family or your own community. And, uh, I think it's a really, uh, a, a really sound thought at the, at the end of this. And, you know, just appreciate you sitting down and, and uh, and doing this church. Thank you. <laughs>